Welcome back to another Daily Walk. So today we want to ask, is your denomination or your church or your leaders, are they following the scriptures or are they making decisions on what might better either themselves or their family? Now, my apologies if you can hear the, the kids over here. I did actually have the camera turned around and we wouldn't hear them quite as well. Um, but the lighting over there is so bad, I can't get good lighting over there. So I had to turn the camera this way. So I don't know if you guys can hear the, the kids playing in the stream over here. Um, you know, children are a blessing to the Lord and uh, we can go ahead and do a daily walk over, over some kids having fun. Um, so my apologies if any of them screech really loud or whatever else, that's okay. All right, so with that being said, the reason I wanted to bring this up is because in the last couple of weeks, I've heard of two separate denominations that are starting to buy in to this crazy social justice type views that we have, not necessarily because they're afraid of that community as much as it is because they have family members who are starting to subscribe to those views. Now, this was the problem with easy believism back in the 80s. We'd send our kids off to Christian camp. They were, you know, nine years old, 10 years old, maybe some cases Sunday school, six years old. And, you know, the easy believism gospel is preached. And these kids made a profession of faith in Christ. And the parents are like, hey, great, awesome, he's saved, let's all celebrate. But then as they started to live out their life more and more and more and more, what became more than abundantly clear is that they did not really forsake themselves or their life for Jesus. Now I remember this because I went to camp as a kid, and ours wasn't a particular Christian camp, coming from an atheist home. It was a camp, though, that back in that day, we did have a Wednesday night chapel service, and I think we had maybe a Sunday night. We were there for a whole week, so, you know, we had a couple of these church services. And in one of these, myself and my brother are there, and um, my brother is an anti-theist. Um, he, if, he believes if there is a God that he's mad at that God. Um, and uh, if there's not a God, then there's not a God. That's kind of where he is. But at this camp, as a little kid, and I think I probably would have been, I don't know, fifth grade maybe. So I'm maybe 10-ish, 11-ish. So my brother's a couple years older than me, so he's like 13-ish, maybe 12-ish, 13-ish, somewhere around there. And in this chapel, he bows his head and prays or raises his hand, whatever they were doing. And I remember that, that when, when my mother came to pick us up, you know, they have a, a talk with my mother that, that he accepted the Lord and all this and and, you know, but the fact of the matter is we were in a completely atheistic home. In fact, there were some things that caused my mother to kind of avoid the churches. And so that nothing ever went from that. Now, somewhere around that, it was probably somewhere a little after that. Maybe it was somewhere a little before that. Myself and my brother and two other friends from the neighborhood were riding our bikes down the road. And we get stopped by guys. And I don't know if they were Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses or or evangelical Christians, I don't know what they were, but they stopped us and like, do you want to go to heaven when you die? And all you have to do is pray this little prayer and yay, you guys are now in heaven. And they got a chance to get out to their churches and, and say, we converted four boys as they were, they were riding their bikes through the streets and praise God, they're coming saved. Okay, I'm the only one that I know of in that group that's actually a Christian. And that, that experience had nothing to do with becoming a Christian any way, shape or form. But what happened is easy believism spread so far into our churches because parents, kids would have this, this profession of faith in, in Christ, but they would never 
they would never live it out, they'd never experience it. But these parents did not want to accept the fact that their kid didn't actually pray and truly receive salvation, and thus was born easy believism, where people wanted to deny that their children's horrible, godless lifestyle meant they weren't actually saved. They wanted to hang on to this, especially those people who have tragically lost their life in this in these times of deep rebellion. They lose their life, and their parents say, well, at least he's saved because he's prayed to, to accept Jesus when he was nine years old at summer camp. And that's the type of thing that starts to happen. Well, the sad reality is a new type of change is starting to occur. And because, as I mentioned at the start of this, two separate denominations that are large popular denominations are now debating the homosexual issue and looking to potentially adopt it because they have children who are in the ministry or there are pastors who are in the ministry. A pastor comes out in one of these denominations saying, I'm gay, but I'm choosing to say celibate. And in this case, now, now the thing is if he says these feelings is sin, I wouldn't have a problem with it because we all struggle with sin. But when he says the feelings aren't sin, only the action is sin and I'm choosing not to do it, that is a perversion of what we are called to be as a Christian. Now, this isn't a discussion on those individual verses. I'm aware of the five different verses and the different interpretations, and actually I do have a video about these specifically coming down the pipeline very soon. All I'm going to say today is that is not in alignment with what is in true biblical Christianity. Now, neither is, is hate, neither is holding up protests saying that God hates homosexuals. That Westboro Baptist Church, they're not a church, they're not Baptists, they're not saved. There is a special pit in hell designed for these people. They do not represent God. I'm going to jump out and say that. But I will go ahead and, and expound on that more at a later video. The only thing I want to say here is that the other one of these two denominations, one of the pastors who has like a board on, the, uh, on this, if you had a position of a bishop, that's what the guy would be, his son has come out as being gay. And he doesn't want to possibly accept the fact that his son, who has made a young profession of faith in Jesus, isn't actually a Christian. And so what they're starting to do is they're starting to change the gospel for this. I wanted to look at what happened in 1 Samuel chapter 8 because it's very telling to this viewpoint. So it came about that Samuel... Uh, was old, then he appointed his sons as judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn born was Jewel, and the other one was Abijah, and they were judging in Beersheba. His sons, however, did not walk in the ways, but they turned after dishonest gain and took bribes and perverted justice. So here we have a case of Samuel, the last of the great judges, who is out there and saying, I'm going to appoint my sons as judges. This is this is the this is this this period between when the kings were first established in Israel and when the judges were in Israel. And Samuel was this last judge. And so he's he's getting old. Of course he's going to die at some point in time, so he appoints his sons as judges. But they did not walk in his ways. Now, Samuel had a choice. He could either look the other way and say, oh, well, these are my sons, and of course they're following in my path, and I'm going to hand the kingdom over. But the elders of Israel, they had recognized by this time that following God is what 
actually helps. And so in verse 4, so 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 4, Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. And they said to him, Behold, you have grown old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us like the other nations. Okay, now there's a lot to be said about this, this call for a king here. Um, and we're not going to expound on that one here. I might have something else on the channel. If not, maybe I'll do one in the future. Uh, but the fact that they asked for a king, they said, We don't want to follow in the path of your unrighteous sons. And this is, the, this is the very point that these two denominations right now I'm thinking of are sitting at. They can choose to follow their pastors who are openly disobedient to God. Or they can choose to say, we need to let you aside because we are following the Lord. Remember that, uh, the final statement from Joshua. You decide for yourself whether or not you will follow God, but as for me and my house, we will follow the Lord. Now, there is something else I wanted to go to, and I wanted to look at Jude right at the very end of the New Testament, very end of your Bible, one book before Revelation. And what I wanted to look at in, in Jude here is that um, Jude, of course, only has one chapter, so we'll be saying this one just in verses. He wants to write about this common salvation. Verse 3, Beloved, while I was making every effort to write about our common salvation, I felt necessary to write to you appealing that you contain, uh, contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints. For certain persons have crept in unnoticed, those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation, ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into his licentiousness and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. Jude wants to write about this common salvation. He wants to have this wonderful, peaceful, joy-filled message. Instead, he brings a letter of warning. He writes a letter about beware of the people pretending to speak for Jesus Christ who are inside of our churches. Okay, be aware of that. Be, be aware that there are going to be people. And this is why you always, always, always want to be more concerned with your Bible than with your pastor. Your pastor, if he is a good pastor, and many of them are, are going to be leading you in paths in alignment with the scriptures. But not all pastors will. And that's a sad reality. And what we're seeing right now is we are seeing a whole lot of church denominations starting to slip, starting to fall, because they are choosing not to say, my child is not living in accordance with the Lord. Or my leader is not living in accordance to the Lord. And instead, trying to bend the accordance of the Lord to fit the rebellion inside of our hearts. We have to start repenting of our sin. Not accommodating it. Not setting it somewhere over here. Repenting of our sin. That is what we are called to do. So if you are in a situation where your church or your denomination or whatever else is wavering on these issues because there's somebody inside of their church that subscribes to this and they don't want to, this is the very situation I've encountered in my town here, the church I used to go to. A key leader in the church came out as being gay. 
And instead of coming out and and saying, okay, we need to we need to suspend your services to the church while we do a brief discussion. We need to maybe bring something before vote. I don't even know why. Um, but what we would need to do is we need to sit down and maybe seek the counsel of the higher-ups because I got news for you. Some of the things in that church are completely against what the official position of that denomination are. We cannot, we cannot compromise the gospel for the feely goodness of our friends, of our family. That doesn't mean that we push them away. What it means is we call them into repentance. Now, there is so much here. There is so much potential for crazy and, and rude and negative and, and misconstruction in this short message. And I promise we will come in in future videos and fill in the chinks in this. I can't cover everything because I try and keep these under 10 minutes and we're already, already at 13 minutes here. Okay, so just to be aware, I'm coming back in eventually and we will fill in some of these gaps, but it is not consistent to practice homosexuality and to be a Christian. It is also not consistent to say these, the, uh, the desire to do this is, not, is of rebellion. Okay, when you say we rebelled against God and he handed us over to these feelings and that's why we feel it, that's exactly Christianity. When you deny that, you are denying the gospel which was delivered to us because you are listening instead to invaders and pretenders who have come into your church. If you have deeper questions, send me an email. Long dispositional sermons on the bottom of my comments in my videos usually get deleted. Just be aware of that. And I'll save them if I can, but... Um, the fact of the matter is I am going to come back in and fill in some of the holes in this, in this video, some of the surrounding things, but I wanted to focus on that thesis first. Do not deny the faith because those that you love are falling away from it. Stand firm in the faith of Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com.